Welcome to A Girl Like You. I'm Sarah Jane, the host of this podcast, and I can't wait to share some candid conversations about breakups, breakthroughs, and life on the flip side. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I have recorded this podcast and pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to my new podcast, A Girl Like You. I am so excited to finally get this off the ground. Ironically, of course, I'm sitting on the ground in my wardrobe. There's no fancy studio this time, but the show must go on. So where have I been? (laughs) That is the question. I don't even know how to answer. It's been a hectic uh, six to 12 months. I mean, I guess on top of that, out in a global pandemic and it's just been, you know, fun and games. But yeah, I mean, obviously I've, I've sort of come back on social media and briefly discussed um, a few updates in my life. The biggest one, of course, is um, the end of my marriage. So it happened, it happens, and I'm just getting on with it and trying to pull myself back together. It's it's not something I can go into detail or discuss right now. Um, what I can discuss is, I guess, life on the flip side, and that's that's going pretty well, to be honest. I'm I'm happy, and yeah, I've got some there's some shitty days in there, but. I really like who I'm becoming and I I do feel like I've been smashed into a million little pieces, but it probably needed to happen. And I think now is the time at 36 that I actually, I hate using the word heal myself or healing, but I, you know, I, I really do need to, and I need to acknowledge the, the childhood trauma, I guess, that has shaped and directed me down some pathways. I think if I'd had more insight, I probably wouldn't have gone down or whatever. I can go into that in detail at nauseum, and I will do. Um, I've I've already done a few blog posts about this, and it is something I want to talk about. I, I grew up in domestic violence, and I think it's something that we need to talk about because family violence is horrendous and all forms of family violence, which includes physical violence, emotional abuse, coercive control, it's financial abuse, the list goes on. And I think the effects of that, the psychological effects and the trauma and the PTSD from that is something that changes you. And essentially, I think for me, it's been, you know, 12 months on my own, but really the first time to kind of strip it all back and be like, what? the fuck have I been doing? And exploring these coping mechanisms and these survival tactics, I guess, I unconsciously put in place that I thought were serving me. Um, and I think, ironically, they've held me back. And it's I can see that now. But it's taken me 36 years and it's taken me, you know, some pretty painful things to go through. You know, five years ago, I lost my second daughter and that was horrific and I think that changes you. So there's been some pretty big events in my life that, um, yeah, incredibly traumatic and I'm still here. 
So you can all, you know, whoever, I am I am not a religious person, but whoever is up there controlling this is like the Truman Show. Can the producers just back the fuck off? I'm exhausted. But anyway, I'm good. I am good. I am confident. I am happy. I am trying to learn and love to love myself and love who I'm becoming. Um, and it can be ugly at times and it can be really painful, but the excitement that I have about this next chapter trumps all of that. So today's episode is more of just an introduction. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but yeah, I guess that's a big update in my life and something, yeah, I'll discuss at a later date. So yeah, back to A Girl Like You, this new podcast. Um, This doesn't mean my other podcast with my beautiful friend Zoe, All That Triggers, has died a horrible death. We are just, we've just both been incredibly busy and we would love to get back into that. Um, Infertility, the IVF loss, that, that world is something I'm incredibly passionate about as is Zoe. And I think once we get our asses into gear and and find some time, we'll absolutely get back into that because I think what we were doing was an amazing thing. And I'm proud of both of us because that resource and that support and that community that we created wasn't there when I went through it, when I went through IVF. And I've just, from people that I've spoken to and our listeners, I've made some beautiful friends and connections. And I think, yeah, we're getting back into it, Zoe. So I know you'll be listening to this, so I'll hunt you down, my love. But this podcast is, well, it's about me, obviously, but more about people and stories that I want to share and talk about with the the intent to help others feel less alone, whatever their story might be whether that's my story, my friends, um, connections I've made through social media. I have some amazing guests lined up and I can't wait to have them here in my studio on the floor in my wardrobe. It's not very fancy, but whatever. But yeah, it's just going to be sort of very candid, real conversations, some about breakups, relationships, breakthroughs, And I guess for me, like I keep saying, it's like life on the flip side, Um, motherhood and all that kind of shit. But I've got some very fun, cheeky, naughty episodes lined up too. So it's not going to be all doom and gloom. I feel like this, just like my blog, is an escape and it's something that I love to do, particularly being a bit of an introverted extrovert. I you know, I'm not sure I have an opinion and this is the perfect medium for me because there's this element of privacy and I'm alone, but yet I'm able to share, I think, you know, some great stories that can help others in a way that I can reach so many people. So I actually love the podcast. I hate my voice. So I'm waiting for some technology to come in where I can just choose someone's voice and alter it. But anyway, I digress. So yeah, the podcast is exciting. I have my very first guest lined up for this week, um, my beautiful friend Tash. So I'm super excited about that. She is an incredible human being. I met her probably about four years ago at my gym. Shout out to Pulsate, Jossie, love you. Best gym on the planet. Um, 
we connected instantly and her beautiful family, she has two boys, um, both with autism on varying degrees of the spectrum and I am just in awe of her ability to just get on with it and her grace and her compassion and yet she is one of the funniest fucking people I have ever met and we that's what I love. That's what I need laughter and I think it's interesting, you know, you, you connect with people and I have connected with people particularly on social media through these sort of events that have happened, whether that's been Charlotte, um, you know, my childhood, my marriage breakdown, all those sorts of things. And I think some of the people that I've connected with who have been through the most horrific experiences often have the best sense of humour. And to me, that is hands down the most attractive thing I find about a person. And if someone can make me laugh and if I can make someone laugh, like, you've got me, like, it's all over. So I can't wait to have her on. I Mia is begging me, so she's been writing some questions, so I will definitely <laughs> do a little mini episode with Mia. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned and I will be posting more about upcoming guests in the future. The next thing I wanted to cover, I guess, for any newbies to this space or me or whatever, I seem to have, you know, I refuse to use the word influencer. It like, I don't know, makes my gag reflex just like, can't do it, hate it. But when I started in that space, oh gosh, you know, seven, eight years ago, it was a very different landscape to what it is today. So you know, me kind of coming back, as wanky as that sounds, was filled with a lot of um, anxiety because, you know, I'm not some 22-year-old hottie um, on a reality TV show, you know, posting pics of my ass, Um, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing, but that's that's not me and it's not what I want to do and I want to, you know, I want to come back and use my voice for things I give a shit about, which you know, is my ass, but that's, you know, that's for pine closed doors. So ass aside, I, my story began in, I think 2005. I, no, I still can't remember when I finished school, but I did, I completed a um, Bachelor of Communication in, in advertising at RMIT University here in Melbourne. So I, yeah, there was only a few um, straight out of year 12 students that actually got into the course. There was a lot of mature age students, so pat on the back for that. I met some awesome people and have remained in contact with them. Unfortunately for me at the time, right when I graduated um, from RMIT, the GFC hit. I think that was about 2008, 2009. So the jobs were kind of not out there. Um, So I didn't actually go straight into working kind of in the advertising marketing world. I guess if I had, I kind of look back and think I definitely would have gone down the copywriting path um, as opposed to the creative side. I hate InDesign and all of that. It does my head in. Um, but yeah, awesome course. Loved it. I think if I could have my time again, they do, I don't know if they still do, but they offered an amazing course called Professional Communication, which was more, it covered, I think, on a more broad spectrum, media and all that sort of stuff, marketing and advertising, blah, blah. Um but alas, I am not going back to uni. So I started working 
At the time, I had actually met my ex-husband and we actually opened a restaurant together and worked together. So that was that was interesting, but it was fun. And I, I got to use my skills and and it was an experience. That's, that's all I'll say. Um, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't a success, but it was... Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we did it. It was awesome at the time. After that, I guess I was I was struggling and it was like what am I doing? What do I want to do? You know, in terms of I felt like I'd wasted this time in a way that I hadn't gone straight into the workforce in in the industry that I'd sort of studied. Um and I kind of felt like I was already on the back foot. So it just turned out we, um, my beautiful nan passed away, who is my mum's mum, and they are English. So we actually, the f- whole family, we took her ashes back to England to bury them with my grandfather. And at the same time, I had arranged through a contact to do an internship at Grazia magazine in London, which was just unbelievable. And I think probably... I don't know, the turning point in my life sounds ridiculous, but it it really was that moment where I went, this is what I want to do. And I mean, I, I'm just going to add in a story because I can't ever seem to stay on track. But I think if you'd asked me at that time, and this person does know this story, so please don't put out some stalker alert on me. If you had asked me what I wanted to do, it would have been more about who I wanted to be. And that was Lee Campbell who was the beauty editor at Cosmo magazine at the time, which I think back then was ACP magazines and then it was Bauer Media. I don't even know what's happening now. I feel like magazines are dying a horrible death, which is which totally sucks. But, yeah, that was kind of my dream job. I loved everything, hair, makeup, beauty, and I loved writing. So it was like this is what I want to do. And just by coincidence or maybe the powers above. See, the producers were looking after me at this point. If we're, if if my life is the Truman Show, they, they have my back. So thank you. I ended up working in the beauty department at Grazia Magazine, which was, oh my God, I like day one, they took me to the beauty cupboard. Yes, there is a beauty cupboard. It's like nothing you've ever seen. It was just like, oh, oh my God, I'll never forget it. I met an amazing one of the girls, the team leader at the time, Lauren Murdoch Smith, who now works for Vogue in London, was beautiful. And I still follow her on social media. And I've done some interviews with her on my blog in the past. I think she really inspired me and gave me the courage because really at that time, blogs weren't, were just becoming a thing. And I left there and I actually got to write a few pieces that got published on their online um, for Grazia, which was amazing. Um, And I came back and I was just like, that's what I want to do. But, of course, like reality, I had to get a job. So I did actually start working um, in the fashion industry in digital marketing e-com, which was great. And then I kind of went over to a marketing role in a hair and beauty role, which was also awesome. Didn't love that job. I was, I was miserable. Um, didn't have a very nice boss, but, um, yeah, I was, I was really getting quite down and flat and I was struggling and I, 
I actually have to give my ex credit for this. He said to me, you know, you're an amazing writer, start a blog. And I was like, oh, like what's a blog? Like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, it was, it was the unknown, which I don't do well with. So anyway, I did it. Um, called it She is Sarah Jane, didn't know where to begin in terms of marketing it. I didn't really care, to be honest. It was more about that creative outlet for me and coming home from work and just sitting at my computer for hours every night with the music pumping, writing. And that's what makes me happy. When I write, it means I'm in a good place because it's like all the shit, whether good or bad, it is just coming out of my head because it's one crazy place in there and it is my happy place, as is recording this podcast and just doing this sort of stuff, like doing what I love. Um, You know, it's great if you can get paid for it too, but I guess at that stage that was never my intent. And I think really in those days, God, those days, I sound so old, it was sort of not something that had been monetized yet or it was just starting to come into that, but that was never sort of my goal. It was just hey, if people read this, cool, whatever, it makes me happy and it makes me going to work in a job that I wasn't happy and much more bearable. So that happened. Then I guess Instagram was sort of becoming a thing. I mean, God, like I think back and it's like even when I got married, which was 2011, I think, it was like Instagram was in its infancy. It's like, a, and it was like what, like the Valencia filter and that was about it. Like it was just, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I was late to jump on the Instagram bandwagon. But yeah, did that, started going to these like blogger things and met some awesome people and I guess it was just like these little moments that just kept pushing me and pushing me. I kept writing more and suddenly, I don't know, my numbers started to grow People showed interest. There were good hits on my blog. So I was like, I could maybe do this. And by this stage, I guess there were kind of this this new movement of influencers and talent managers and all that sort of thing. So, of course, I set my eyes on Roxy Jasenko. I mean, arguably still is, was, always will be the driving force behind talent management in this country, I think. She's just the epitome of getting shit done, like so much respect for her work ethic. So I sort of was trying to kind of get on her radar, like creepy, stalky comments on, you know, posts and stuff. And then I remember one day I got this email and I was in bed and she was inquiring about me. And I remember just like squealing. I was so excited. And yeah, it was an awesome feeling. I still remember. And it's like my heart, I someone's recognized that, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of talented, maybe I'm good at this. And that was awesome. So I signed with Ministry of Talent and I think it was probably six, six and a half years I was with them. And it kind of grew into this thing where I was able to leave my job and do it full time, which, yeah, like working for yourself, I think if you've got the drive and working from home. See, I was way ahead of the COVID pandemic, like I was working from home long before this. I think if you're a self, you know, you can be motivated and you can get going. Like I love it. I love the freedom of being able to work at whatever time. As long as it gets done, 
the flexibility and the freedom that gives you, I think, is so good. And I was back then, of course, this was before children, I was a night owl. Like I would get my best work done between like eight and midnight, whereas in the daytime I'm a bit slow. But, um, yes, I did the blog, sign with Roxy, that was going really well. Obviously then I, you know, journeyed into motherhood and all that sort of stuff and I guess then the topics on my blog changed a little bit and I think this was like now that I look back, this was kind of the, there was a shift in terms of what I shared. I'd never spoken about anything personal and that wasn't because I was, you know, not being real or authentic or all that shit. It was just like, no, I like I was trying to be Lee Campbell, right? So I was doing mainly beauty stuff and fashion stuff and that's what I really like doing. And, of, you know, I look back and I think from a branding perspective, you know, my background is marketing. It's like, why did I call it she, Sarah Jane? Like, you idiot. Like, it's about you. And it's like I didn't really want it to be about me. I wanted to showcase my skills and my passion, but I actually don't like that attention and I was kind of thrust into it by my own doing and I think then, you know, I I did open up about my childhood. Um, That was when I was pregnant with Mia. I don't know, something weird happens to you like when you're pregnant and I think it's like those mama bear hormones and it's like this confidence also came that it was like, I want to share this. And I did. And yeah, I guess that's when I started talking more openly about personal things, which it's sort of like Pandora's box, right? You damned if you do, you damned if you don't. And I think, I mean, I look back, that was, you know, me as seven and a half, that would have been eight years ago. And you look at it today and it's just like, I feel like you literally cannot win. You cannot please everyone. And that's fine. Like, that's cool. I'm not for everyone. Don't follow me. You don't have to be a nasty cow. Don't leave nasty comments. I just, I cannot stand trolling. I I love that everybody, I love that we have these resources and these influences or whatever, these platforms that we can share our opinions. We are all entitled to them. But I just think, I don't know. It's like, how were you raised? I mean, you would you wouldn't say this to someone's face. And I think, yeah, that was, I found that really tricky to navigate was the, you know, you'd get the 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 majority of people being so supportive and the feedback was great and wonderful and it makes you feel really good. And, and not from an ego point of view, just good as a person, like you're, you're being validated for, for, you know, for what you're putting out there. And I think, but yet as humans, we seem to focus on the negative sometimes. And I guess, you know, I'm, now I'm now I'm 36 and so mature and wise. I kind of look back and, you know, it was definitely a confidence thing and not knowing who I was and not believing enough in myself. Um, again, I think, does that ever, are we ever fully evolved? I don't I, Fucked if I know, but I think we're always we're constantly evolving and we're a work in progress. But my skin has definitely become a lot thicker, and yeah, like even just posting on social media for the first time a few weeks ago, like for the first time in almost two years, I was shitting myself. I was like, people are gonna be like, "Fuck off! Who are you? You're a has been. Get your blue cheek and piss off." But it was so. <laughs> 
I don't know, I was like, I was overwhelmed with just how kind and supportive people were. And it's like, shit, okay, maybe I'm not a loser. So thank you to everyone that was so lovely. I can't tell you how much it meant to me. But yeah, I guess coming back now, I have those same concerns in terms of what to share, how much to share. I don't want to be criticised for not sharing this, but then it's like, well, holy shit, like I'm sharing everything now. And I don't think that makes you not real or, you you know, that you're not authentic. It's just like, I mean, for me personally, there's things I can't talk about, but it's also, you know, it's also my private life. And while I'll share themes and things I care about in terms of the, for the greater good as, as a topic, I think the details, you know, there needs to be that element of privacy. And I now am a little bit more set with my boundaries and what I will and will not talk about. So, yeah, I think that just comes with maturity and growth and kind of experiencing the pros and cons of being on social media. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was the blog. Um, I am I have changed my blog. It is I think my bloody GoDaddy's expired on my She Sarah Jane, I need to get onto that. But I've now created a new blog, which is www.sjsjay.com.au. So that is my new platform. I just kind of wanted a whole new look. It's it's sim- I feel like it's the simplified version of me. It's it's who I am now and I have changed, you know. The last few years have have changed me from Charlotte to my marriage ending to now it's just been this huge transformation and yeah so I guess I wanted a new space to do that in hence the the name change um but yeah gosh off I go down another tangent but back to the blog so with with Roxy I then got on the radar of business ticks um which was amazing they were their events were just blowing up around the country. Um, and I started working with them on Latte magazine. So I was the fashion and beauty editor there, which was so cool. Um, see, I I kind of was Lee Campbell. Hello, like talk about setting a goal and achieving it. Um, funny story, I did, <laughs> I actually met Lee at an event. Gosh, I think I'd just gone through my first I, not IVF, I was trying to get pregnant with Mia and I was like, I think I can't remember, I think I'd had a lap done and I was super bloated. I was in so much pain, but I went to this H&M opening in Melbourne at the GPO building. Yeah, it would have been about eight, eight and a half, nine years ago. And Lee Campbell was there and I was like, holy fuck, like I'm obsessed with you. And I don't know how because I'm super shy. I went up to her and introduced myself and said hello. And I basically blurted out that, I want to be you, um, which wasn't creepy at all. But she took it very well and we had a giggle. And then we worked out we had the same birthday um, and we have. We've stayed in contact and I think, you know, we've had pretty similar stories with our fertility journeys and kind of IVF and things like that. So if you don't follow Lee, which you probably all do, but if you don't, go over and follow her. She is incredible. So there's my creepy Lee Campbell story. Um, But, yeah, so I guess... Now that I'm sitting here on my floor thinking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, kind of achieve that goal in like, it's not Cosmo, but whatever, like, cool. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, then oh, what kind of happened? Then I kept going with the blog. I did, that kind of all came to a screeching halt, you know, probably when I was trying to get pregnant with Max and we were going through IVF. That was just, uh, you know, I think the enormity of losing Charlotte had kind of hit me um, and my focus, I just had blinkers on and the focus was to get pregnant, to stay pregnant and deliver a healthy baby and that's what I did and everything else kind of... I didn't give a shit about it, you know. I went into a bit of a hole and that's what I had to do. And I think when you're in it, you know, you, you're doing these things to survive and they're not conscious, but I just couldn't I couldn't deliver on blog posts. I couldn't deliver for clients and I just had to pull out. So that was my reason for stepping down from social media and kind of my blog and Roxy Um but yeah, like, I don't know, maybe I'll get back into it. So to be confirmed, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, then I started working. So last year during COVID, I started working as the marketing manager at Number One Fertility, um, which is, yeah, it's an industry. Obviously, I, I was the target audience in terms of, you know, working in marketing. It's like, well, I am her. So I understood it intimately and it's somewhere I would like, it's a space I would like to get back into. So I, I'm not working at the moment. I am just needing to focus all my energy on my children and sorting my life out. So that's where I'm at at the moment. But yeah, I am very keen to get back into that space, probably in a marketing or an advertising role and we'll just see what happens. I don't know, maybe this podcast will take off and, you know, um, I can I can retire, but I think that's not going to happen. But anyway, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, I mean, you could have just gone to my LinkedIn and had a look at all that. But anyway, um, I just, yeah, I'm just really excited to be back. And thank you to everyone for welcoming me with virtual beautiful, warm, loving, open arms. I can't tell you how much I needed it. I don't want to start crying, but it's like, (laughs) um, yeah, it's been humbling and really special. And thank you to everyone who has been so kind and supportive of this because I'm, you know, pretty fragile at the moment and, it just, it feels good and it's all part of my story. And yeah, I hope my episodes and my blog posts can help others feel not alone with whatever you're going through. And yeah, I look forward to bringing you episode one very soon. Um, Thanks for listening and I will chat to you all soon. Bye.